sense now when you press the go live button maybe means we're live oh my god <laughs> <laughs> a full-on conversation by this by ourselves oh my gosh, amazing that even happened wow oh, man wow, wow. <laughs> all right well welcome to record talk take two boys and girls it's <laughs> definitely been somewhat of a week apparently the most electrifying four minutes of record talk just happened for only ourselves that's it it was just a special moment between the three of us. So. Well, it'll never be reproduced. Nope. Holy God. All right. Well, often <laughs> talked about never reproduced. <laughs> hey, it's been a good day, right? We're having a good time. Everything is uh, hunky dory. All right. It's a great album. Uh, great, great album. Yeah, great album. Great album. Right, so let's, get her, let's get her comfortable <laughs> here. All right. We're on record talk. We're talking about Back in Black by ACDC. It's a glorious record. <clears throat> Is. Now, before yes. we dive into it, we gotta, we gotta know, we gotta know. What's in the? 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 All right. <laughs> you know what that means? What's in the glass? What's in the glass? The brat. <laughs> what you got in that glass there? Is it mug. an 80s themed mug? Whoa. It is an 80s themed mug. <laughs> Did it used know. to be heat changing, but something happened? It was. It's not supposed to be wow. dishwasher. Uh, it's not dishwasher safe, but you know. Oh, no. Now, is there some kind of stone fruit beverage in there or no? No, no, no. This this is peach oolong tea. Peach is a stone fruit. Yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> and James, wait, I think I'm, I'm like Nostradamus. I could predict James has got some sort of spirits. Oh, it's Chicago, isn't it? <laughs> Chicago, you're out of here. <laughs> Bumblebee tuna, go. But uh, Rob is in fact correct. I have no idea how he could have predicted it. Or no, Brian, I'm sorry, Brian predicted. Damn, and I'm Nostradamus. Get it right. But I, uh, I have a. Uh, Brazilian cachaça. Um, that's uh, like a banana flavored cachaça. It's delicious. It's like the Brazilian equivalent of 99 bananas. Ooh. It's fantastic. Dude, it's better than fantastic. You know what it is? It's excellent. Yes. Yay! All right. <laughs> now in my glass, again, I always hide them in these paper cups. You never know. I actually had for dinner some vegetarian ramen, which was incredibly salty. So I'm just drinking water today, but it's this Essentia pH water. Um, and it has uh, it's ionized or something like that. Oh, your pH levels? Do you need some chlorine in you? Well, you know what? It's it's good for balancing because a lot of stuff we have is super acidic. So this is <clears throat> a nine point five pH or higher in each bottle. So it just tastes like water, but it, it's it's helping to balance what's going on inside you. There's a lot happening in our diet, and uh, you know, ex that gut biome of yours. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fantastically. Yeah, man. Yeah. So that's cool. what's in my glass now, my friends. I think it's time to start talking about some music. Autobots, roll out. All right. Yes. <laughs> Good old Optimus Prime. 
Oh, and he's got the vinyl. Look at you. This is, I believe this is, I mean, this is 1980. So I think this may be the real that deal. The first, yeah, listen, I mean, the real thing. It's either a well loved reproduction or it is the oh, first, no, this is that first pressing. That's got, got some good weathering on it. Yes. yes. How's that smell? Nice patina. It's not good. It's not like it's <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that smell later on. But what do you guys think of this record? Um, I love this album. I it, this is one of the first albums I bought when I was younger uh, from ACDC, so it has a special place in my heart. Um, but I, it's it's I love I love how relentless this is. It's not like your typical. What did you do? <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah, I just love how relentless it is, man. It just never, it never kind of gives up. There's no kind of ballads on here. There's no softer medleys. I mean, it is just boom, straight rock, straight metal, you know, start to finish. And I, I just, I love that. You got to respect that. And it's a the first album without Bon Scott. So, I mean, to, to create such an iconic record after losing your singer after, what, six albums? Ugh, that's rough. And I think just, you know, we take it for granted now that it was, you know, just back in black. Like, it's just everyone, you know, it's iconic. Yeah. But like you just said, they lost their singer. Like, that was, you know, the lifeblood of the band. I mean, yeah, Ron Scott had such a unique voice. And then these dudes are like, hey, you know what? We'll just find a guy with an even more outrageous voice. <laughs> what are the chances, too? <laughs> I swear, it sounds like Brian Johnson just gargles razor blades. It's just... Right, insane, and I I caught them um on the block. One fifty one proof, just <laughs> yeah. It was um Giant Stadium, the old Giant Stadium, well, maybe two thousand, maybe ten years ago, and uh dude, like he still was just singing like a banshee. Oh yeah, yeah. There's no messing around with them. They all, I mean, they all get up there, and you know, for those that are around still, they they get up there and they just they work it, man. There's there's no, they're one of the few bands where you're not like I wish they would stop. Like they still bring it every time it's killer and they got the formula and they just don't break from it and and it works and um i'm curious for james's opinion on this in a second but just for me if, if i may like as not just a guitarist but as someone who teaches people guitar um you know for for uh, my living this is like every guitar player knows it. <laughs> and be it you know i'll just run through some of the riffs but because we can't play the music, but if you just, you know, everyone knows that. Okay, you know that, or. I mean, come on, like right there. Good medley you got going on there. <laughs> <laughs> Just play the rest of the album. <laughs> What's up, Sam? Carolyn, how are you? But I yeah. mean, you get past that, like, even like, dude, you know, all right, let's go. Uh, James, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, let James come in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, uh, I, in typical James fashion, will be the, the heretic here. Um, that oh! I knew it was coming. Well, I, I, I knew somebody <laughs> had to have known it was coming because, um, the first time I listened to this album the entire way through was Monday. Um, I, 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 I have no, what? I just, I, I, it never latched on to me that, uh, it was something that I was interested in listening to. Yeah. And I, I came away from it still accepting the fact that I, I, I probably wouldn't listen to it much more, but I, I had, a, I had different eyes for it after listening to it. 
that um, the whole time I was listening to it, I thought of Rob's interview with Devin Townsend because in that interview, Devin Townsend so eloquently says ACDC has been making the same records since the beginning of their career. And I would take it a step further and say that they haven't been making the same record, but the same song (laughs) since the beginning of their career. And this is from not an ACDC fan, just someone listening for the first time. So like a really like uh, is kind of like a tangent, but I see a lot of reaction videos online and I'm like, how do you, how is it the first time you've heard that song? Surely you've heard that song before, but in the scheme of things, like I'd heard all these songs, but it was so dismissive of them that it, 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 none of them ever stuck around long enough for me to put any kind of thought into them whatsoever. So it was an interesting process. And I, I think there's a lot of cool stuff about it, but I think there's also a lot of things that it's still for me, it just kind of, it could draw on in the background and it's just, unfortunately for me, not being a fan, a lot of it was very disposable. Got it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but uh, first people, of all, no, no, I just, I jumped on Instagram. So Brian, if you want to come on there too, oh, right on. jumping on Instagram live, just to populate you people over to YouTube, let you know that we got the new record talk up and running. Thank you so much for adding that. I wanted to tell you to do that when Brian had mentioned it earlier. He'd be uh, crying Brian, himself to sleep tonight on his huge pillow. <laughs> That's a bit offside, wasn't it? I forgot how to do it. Oh, there's how I do it. Look at that. I didn't remember oh, how man. to go live with someone for a second. Can I do this without my glasses? Let's see. Let's try it. Okay. So, you know, it, it's. <clears throat> did I not take you in there? He's coming. So. I'm coming. Hey. Hey. See, I'm not getting the fun of sounds. Are you? I'm not getting the fun of sounds. Hold on a second. I hear it. You guys hear the. That better? I hear. Yes, it is better. Oh, it's coming through you. you it's for me. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to <laughs> in a way that you can't see. Hello. I know. So I, 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 in listening to this, James, you know, having done music with you for, this is a terrible one, I know. Having done music with you for so long and just knowing sort of your musical DNA, I knew that this is not a James band because for such a phenomenal guitarist, you are certain like staples. You're just like Beatles, pff, Stones, pff, ACDC, pff, Van Halen, pff, <laughs> Chibo Motto. Wow, Van Halen too, huh? Zang, yeah. Yeah. Zang. Yeah, but something I did take out of it, and I don't have many notes for this, but I, it's funny you mentioned that because all of the things that you just said, I do have notes concerning. And I think a part of it for me was... Get over to Record Talk on Facebook on or YouTube. YouTube. Facebook, let's go. <laughs> I I have you can't a see very I have a very particular type of style that I geez, that I, I like in music and I like a lot of really high energy and I like a, a like a, an assault of, of a song kind of a thing and I go from that all the way to the other side of like liking really calm and really sedate music but right. this falls into this category that I don't really jive with in any way like I don't relate to it for whatever reason whatever the case may be yeah. but listening up, to Dylan? it. I, I started to be able to appreciate it in a different way that you listen to like um, Meshuggah and you listen to Bleed. And that's one of the most technical and brutal songs you'll ever listen to. And if you watch the band play it, they can't move. It is so complex that they are literally stuck where they are on the stage and they cannot move. They can't take a step. They can't move forward or backwards. They can't do anything except play the song. 
because it's that rapid and that technical. Mm. But something like this is a different type of fun for a guitar player, I think, that where I like that technical aspect of it, I think something like this lets you really enjoy yourself as a musician, that you, you can almost turn your brain off and just walk around the stage and oh, laugh with, sure. your, with your bandmates. And I think there's something really great about that. So even though it's not really my <laughs> cup of tea, I, I found myself after listening to it this first time, really, uh, appreciating it in a way that I didn't expect. Well, that's good. I mean, I see what you're saying though, too, because it's like um, th there are some bands where, like, um, Tim and Town said they're making the same album, you know, since their first one. I mean, there, there are definitely bands out there that just don't kind of push the the envelope or the you know their limits of where they can go and experiment a little bit more. And it does sound like the the same DNA is carried over from every single album with very little kind of variations. Um, and I think that they, for the most part, probably, you know, I, I'd be biased cause I do like them, but yeah, they did. I could see that there's a common thread throughout and there may be many threads, you know, kind of like, you know, we, like you said, with like Bon Jovi is another great example. It's just kind of like the same album. Um, but I think because it has so much content and it has such this, this, this incredible intoxicating vibe to it, it makes it something that honestly could be great. It's just background noise. It could be something that you just rock out to, um, it's it's a it's good fuel, you know. But yeah, I do, I can see what you're saying for sure. There there seems to be a lack of kind of pushing the envelope. I I also don't want it to be misconstrued as me shitting on this. I, I'm I'm not oh, trying no. to do that. No, I was taking this as you pooping on it, man. For sure. I, like we all have different opinions. I mean, this you know, I'm not as I'm not as strongly <laughs> into Bjork as you are, but you know, we're, we're allowed to have our differences. But I, I think that it's also like it, the whole thing about a band kind of just just this is this is what they do i don't be i think my problem is that the style never latched on to me but i don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with it this is just their gig this is what they do and their fan base loves them for it and all right well it, i tell you you said you oh, sorry to interrupt you you, no, you, say, you said something that makes me so happy to hear because <clears throat> it, you know when i'm when i'm showing people because part of my gig is I get to hit people to music they've never heard, you know, young people, old people, whatever, all ages. And when I come across, you know, these tunes, I'm like, guys, check it. Like whenever you're performing a song or playing a song, I should say, there's two things. You're, you're playing the song, which is like in the studio and it's perfect and everything has to be right. But then when the performance comes into play, I'm a big fan of finding every little hack and shortcut to say, okay, well, if I leave this finger down, then I can just move my others and the chords come into play easier. So I'm right. freeing up as much mental real estate as possible to focus on, oh crap, I tripped on my cable or, oh my God, you <laughs> see the front row. So it's like, I want to have all of this bandwidth open for the performance and tunes like these leave so much room <laughs> around and rock out and point at the crowd and just, just, you know, this is, just rock and roll you know it just, it just yeah would explain that and and it's really cool to hear such another fantastic musician seeing that perspective yeah i i i very much think that's the case that like i love bands like fear factory and i love bands like mashuga and i love bands like periphery that they have like this incredible like the musicianship you just sit there and you're like this and you just watch and you're like mesmerized right. by the the technical prowess yeah but at the same time like I can completely understand how if you're not a musician, that is boring as hell to watch. Right. And with something like this, while like I enjoy playing that music and I enjoy writing that music and I do enjoy performing that music, I feel like performing stuff like this 
is got to be way more satisfying because you can literally just <clears throat> it's like rob just said you have so much empty space <laughs> because it's it's not overly complex and there are yeah. like some complexities here and there i mean you know it's not like it's not beginner level music no. but it lets you enjoy the the art of being a musician so much more because you could just have fun and i think there's so such well written songs like i've you know, I've I've done you shook me all night long, me on the acoustic, Brandy jumping up for a song because she can sing the crap out of this style of music. And it's like just with a, a little banshee of a singer and an acoustic guitar, it's still ACDC. Yeah. And I think that alien esque ability of these type songs, you know, it it's it lends to it, you know, being what is this, 40, 41 years old? Is that math right? Oh wow, yeah. is it 41 years old? Yeah, like uh, grandpa Wendy over here. Yeah. So um I approve this message. <laughs> well, what's your favorite song on here? Because I have, I have a, I have a straight out like favorite on this record. What's yours? Mine? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It has to be. Uh, I mean, I like uh, "What Do You Do for Money, Honey," and um, I don't know. I think that you know, "Back in Black" holds a special place in my heart because they kind of introduced me to this band when I was younger. So that will always hold a very special place. But I've been listening a lot to uh, "What Do You Do for Money" has been the one that's been kind of on constant rotation. Uh, Last um, I only listened to it like twice. I could probably not tell you one. And the problem <laughs> is because of how I interpreted it and because of how I listened to it, I couldn't tell you if my favorite song, I, I just interpret it as my favorite ACDC song. And it's, I don't know if, I don't remember if it's on the album. <laughs> <laughs> just one giant song. I, I like, I, I have a favorite ACDC song. Maybe. I don't even know if I do. Come back my, to me. My favorite ACDC song is Money Talks because it's a great melody. That's a great song. Yeah, right? That's not on this album? No, no. That's, I think, I don't know. My, I got two things about this. So for me, which I'm noticing this is strange. I've been listening to it on Apple Music. You do this every time. There's bonus crap that you're like, oh, yeah, well, how about oh, tracks? It's like, well, there's only 12 on this album. Thank but you. there's like five versions of the album on Apple Music, and he just picked the one that happens to have like two bonus tracks. Right? right? Yeah. No, 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 the first tune is Back in Black. Back in Black, you shook me all online, have a drink on me, shake a leg, rock and roll, noise pollution. I know, I'm an idiot. I'm the wrong side. Never mind. I'm like, dude, that's impossible. It's side yeah. B. Because, no, you know what confused me, though? Check it out, because on the back of it. A and B? I know what confused you. You see, it has Back in Black is the first song. You see? No, it's the title of the record. Okay, then it's the, the tracks. The okay, but where is it in the track listing then? Back in black. Well, not in order. I see. I'm an idiot. Okay. Anyway. And back to exhibit A. I have two comments. Left, everybody will see an idiot. So first of all, Hell's Bells used to always piss me off when I heard it on the radio because I thought it was from Tolls <clears throat> when it started. That. And I was like, "Ooh, they're playing this on K Rock." Hey, wait a second. Um, yeah. My favorite song in here is "Shoot the Thrill." Cause that's just a fun rocker. Oh, that's a good that one. Great song. Song. Yeah. Iron Man, maybe that song. Yep. Yeah. Killer song. 
Yeah, I like the bells and hell's bells. I think it could be interpreted as the sound of reckoning, like this force that's coming to you know toward you, or it could also be the sound of mourning because you know this is the first album since Bond died. So, yeah. you know, what's going on with your chin there, buddy? I was really saying she loves this perspective. <laughs> it's just the worst angle ever. <laughs> it's very I unflattering for any human being. It's very unflattering. <laughs> you guys, like backstage, you're missing like the. Uh... <laughs> you're missing James. He's yeah. Not over here. Oh, Game Mama Cub, what's up? Get over into uh Mama Cub. I I pinned it, guys. So you got to oh, check yeah. it out on on the real deal. We got cool stuff. We got sound effects and stuff. Come on. That's not my mouth. I mean, <clears throat> you're a wizard, Harry. You can't do that over on the other thing. We got it. We got all kinds of cool stuff. Here's a good one, you guys. All right. So now I'm gonna pivot real fast. Unless there's other things to say. Oh, we have some time to talk about this record. So, well, I mean, one of the things I want to bring bring up, I think that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, pardon, you. I, I agree with you saying, James, but I think that there's some versatility of uh, you know versatility here. I think that the way uh, Brian Johnson sings, you know, replacing Bon Scott, that's huge shoes to fill. But then the way he emphasizes certain words, it's really interesting how musically they can convey emotions like music can. But the way he is able to kind of richly support that and drive it forward by not only his lyrics, but this choice of emphasis on certain words. Like he could sing a song like What Do You Do For Money and not really cursing it except for, you know, bitch. Um, but like he, he, the way he chooses to emphasize certain words, you can feel that seething anger or animosity, whatever it is that's going for. And I just love that about him as a singer. I, I, I definitely would say um, just listening to it as a complete work. Uh, Again, I, I am sorry. I really don't know the band well enough to even recognize the, the previous singer's work, which is sure terrible sure in its own right. I've got big balls. That's the other singer. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've got okay. big balls. Uh, other um, ones too. What's his uh, Highway to Hell? That's that's Highway to Hell. Yeah. That's, that's not Brian Johnson. No. Ooh. It's a little more high and nasal. Yeah. Less razor blades. More like whiskey. But I, I feel like uh, in listening to it and listening to it as a complete work, something that I never took away from the band is I don't think uh, any member of the band would have been disposable at this iteration of it. Um, I think everybody works together as a, a very, very solid unit in that band. Everybody is is looking for the same goal um, out of the music. And I, I I took that away from it. And that's that's a pretty cool thing, too. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I feel like when people think, you know... Um... And, and the broader uh, stroke of people, when they think of Guns N' Roses, they think of Axel, <laughs> right? They think of Slash. They don't think of Izzy. When people think of ACDC, they see Angus Young and the schoolboy with the SG, blah, blah, blah. But Malcolm is the hero, man. Yeah. He's, he's the, the the rhythm. He is, I mean, just the riffs. I'm Played sure one that... guitar for his entire career. Yeah. Yep. It's right? Fantastic. And that's just, uh, I hope everyone is hoping over to Facebook and YouTube. Hoping over or hopping? Well, I think -E, so. Oh, did I put hoping? So, ah, what a dummy that was on me. <laughs> All good. It's, it's better than coccyx or whatever. You're... Oh my god! Which I didn't change. <laughs> like, who are we gonna pull it's in? A with weird this? hashtag. We may get some some interesting people for that. Right? As soon as you said that, for some reason, it triggered me. Like half of my brain is made up of movie quotes, and I thought of Uncle Rico and Napoleon Dynamite telling Napoleon that his aunt broke her coccyx. Yeah, While she was jumping <laughs> in sand dunes. That was the first thing that came to my mind. I always like double and triple check the spelling, and for whatever reason, so I totally missed it. I was like, "Oh, son of a bitch!" It didn't even redline that one. Okay, uh, it happens to the best of us. It's all good. Yeah. 
I do much worse. I, don't know. I think that the overall <laughs> takeaway from this is I think there's something there for everybody, you know, whether it's the ferocity of this, you know, the relentless execution of being able to just drive forward with, you know, a metal album like this and not lighten the mood at all. There's no ballads. Like I said, there's no softer sounding song. Um, it's just, it's, it's kind of, and I think that what makes this, this album kind of special is that, you know, you lost your singer and that's kind of it in an iconic singer too. You know, it's like losing Robert Plant, you know, um, but yet they were able to forge ahead. That's that's really rare with the same lineup minus the singer, right? Think about any, try to name some other bands that have done that in that short of time frame. Now I'm not talking like 10 years later with like, you know, like uh, Blind Melon did or, you know, Alice in Chains. I'm not saying where like you found something almost decades later. When was the last time you heard of a band that went from one year to the next year and recovering from such a tremendous loss? Yeah. You know, it's almost unheard of. And that's well I, said, Mr. Tang. You know, the consistency. Yeah, the consistency. You know, Back in Black is a better record. Totally right. But there was a solid, you know, three or four records back to back. Boom, 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 boom. Um, what's the one that has, uh, I think this was a rock, uh, for those about to rock. Is that, is that enough? That was about to That's rock. not on this album either? Okay. No. He's not a greatest He didn't. You didn't even um, listen to the album, Rob. That's no, what I, happened. He asked two questions like this. I love. I did, and that was mostly just me being a jerk. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll tell you how I feel about this album. Feels good to mingle with these laid-back country folk, don't it, Harry? I like it a lot. That's how I feel. Uh, a question for, for the both of you guys. Two mm -hmm. questions. Well, mm -hmm. it's sort of one question, two ways. Question the first! What genre do you think this album was when it was released? And what genre do you think this album is now? Blazing hip hop and R&B. All right, Brian. Uh, no, uh, I th <laughs> if I had to guess, I bet you it came out as like hard rock. I don't think heavy metal was as frequently used as some bands should have been labeled that because this is definitely a heavy metal album, but I bet you it, it was labeled as hard rock. Yeah, I and agree. You, you think that for when it was released and how it would be interpreted now as well or? For sure. If you think it's 1980 when this came out, right? And you think about all the other bands there and all the different iterations of, of metal, whether it's British Steel, hair metal, glam, like there is metal and you see that DNA in those other bands I mean, where, yeah, you know, they were clearly influenced by this. So YouTube. this is a metal album. Yeah. You, now to me, I, I would agree with you that it was, it was probably at the time, I think it would be construed as like a, like you were saying, I hadn't thought about it the way you, you explained it. And that was good. Thank you, um, sir. I would say to me, I, <laughs> I know. It. I'm good. I'm out. <laughs> I, I would have called it more hard rock right mm -hmm. off the rip and, you know, at, at the moment of release. Yeah. And I feel like, and this is at any given point, you guys could just be like, James isn't a part of this anymore. We're done with him. He just, he's clearly just <laughs> off his rocker. But I would say, unfortunately to me, this today um, just ends up filed with classic rock yeah but what's well, classic rock because there was no classic rock then you know we grew up with like so bands like black flag are technically classic rock i mean some yeah. of some of those punk bands of now it's odd to say it but they are classic rock so Dude, to a kid born today you know 90 i i always like to do this thing in my brain so the hate machine is a classic rock album yeah i mean Jesus. i'm born in 83 so if you take 20 years before me as classic rock if a kid's born in 2003 well or 2013 if you want to, that make B backstreet boys classic rock 
I think there has to be some further separation in the distinguishment there because it, I think there's there's a definite sound to that. To the, you know, like I'm thinking like Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, right. ACDC. Like I obviously I wouldn't count Pretty Hate Machine as classic rock because it's not it's not that sound. Right. And right. you know, Grant, if you're looking from like a time perspective, would you label it as classic rock or, or bundle it together with classic rock? If it was just time alone, sure. But stylistically, I, you you can't do that. If anything, well, you know, I think Pretty Hate Machine might like constitute classic new wave. The only time I refer to classic rock is when referring to a radio station or some sort of playlist, because quite honestly, like Led Zeppelin is elements of heavy metal or or you know hard rock. You know, I would never say like they're classic rock. They're not. They they are they are heavy metal. You know, rock and roll. Have you know? So, I killed it. Yeah, uh, say. There's um there's some 17, 16, 18 year olds on here. Fifteen year olds. What do you guys think? You know, like I see this one for funny. <laughs> This is a great question they came in. So this what's the difference between classic gen? Yes. I think it yes, is. It is. Yes, it is. They've, they've been around for a very long time. So yes, that is classic gen. You guys um, what's the difference between uh, heavy metal and metal? I just think it's a shorthand you know, way of saying heavy metal is metal. I don't think there's a difference. They're both synonymous. It's just, you don't yeah. feel like saying heavy, you got lazy in the mouth. But uh, who's is that Jeremy's Yankee fan? Yeah. I think heavy metal more so refers to classic metal, whereas metal is just an umbrella term for all the subgenres, including metal. No. I disagree. See, but that's that's a. I see what you're saying there. I, saying, but I disagree. Like, all right. So Jeremy's talking about Kiss here. So I would say like ah. older Kiss, like rock and roll all night. You know, uh, Deuce, Strutter. Like that's classic rock sort of stuff. But then Animalize Asylum, then get into the makeupless '80s stuff. That's more that's, metal. That's, Metal, yeah. I mean, at the time, that was heavy metal, you know? Happy yeah. birthday, Paul. But I don't think I still would call it classic rock, because when those albums came out, they were not considered classics, you know? I mean, rarely does someone in the contemporary times get labeled classic. It's, it's, it's rare. It has to be something iconic it's... and monumental. So I think that maybe older Kiss is just considered heavy rock, you know, hard rock. But I don't think that they, they were probably synonymous with heavy metal. You know, Black Sabbath was. I mean, that definitely yeah. that buzzword was around for sure because you have this doom sound that was. I, I think of. that's. I think that's a big part of it. Is is that like you were that you you nailed that like that doom type of sound? Yeah, gloom, man. Just that there is this ominous presence within this music, and it doesn't have to be about you know that the subject matter. You know, oh, devil music. No, I just think you know it's just this oh, ominous know. feel. What would you say? My Tommy reference. Deep Purple, yeah. Deep Purple is another heavy metal band from, yeah, absolutely. I love Deep Purple. Yeah, but he's saying now some of these, you know, some of that it, it's the pendulum, right? So uh, uh, Dylan makes a good point here, Bhutan Dylan. You know, Rush got heavier towards the end, but then some mm -hmm. bands their heads along the way, like the latter Zeppelin is not Hammer of the God Zeppelin on right. the way out, you know? Yeah. But that's 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 music, right? It ebbs and flows, and like, or like James was saying at the very beginning, of this there's some bands that go and meander through different uh, phases and they push the envelope or they, they bring it back. Whereas there's some bands like ACDs is a good example of not really kind of branching too far from the lane that they're in, you know, which right. of these other bands that really split off into the woods and, and get sidetracked. And, and, you know, and that's, that's both are cool. It's what but you're you know what? I think ACDC, you know, maybe just to, to tie it up, they, they almost get a pass by being the same thing over and again, because any other band, if they put out the same record twice, three times, 30 times, It'd be like all right already, but it's like ACDC just put out a new record and it sounds like ACDC and it's like they'll sell out the tour because people just know 
it's comfort food. You know, it's like your favorite comfort food. And they do it so well. I think if they didn't do it well, I think if their live shows were crap, I think then people would turn on it and they'd be like, nah, give me something different. But because they do it with such finesse and such precise execution, you can't really argue with it. It's always reliable, you know? Yes. Yeah, it's very accurate. I think it's something anyone should check out. I mean, like, like we said in the beginning of my quick little guitar medley, like if you don't know these songs, you should. And if you do good for you. And if you, you know, pretended to listen to the album, but didn't really listen to it, that kind of sucks, but it's all good. (laughs) It's on you, man. Black Sabbath is the first heavy metal band, but you could also say they're classic rock too at the beginning with paranoid and iron. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, what they called metal once upon a time is so far from metal now. Oh gosh. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, just something pops my head right now. Let Lamb of God next to to Black Sabbath. I mean, right. two two yeah. two different things, two yeah. different beasts. That's yeah, that's yeah. it's funny you said that. That's the first thing that popped into my mind. Like Lamb of God is a heavy metal band. Yeah, yeah I think the only reason not I, the same thing. Yeah, because <laughs> I haven't watched the uh, Redneck video in so long, and I watched it the other day, and I was like, oh yeah, this is funny. <laughs> Even like Lamb of God, uh, you know, Pantera, like it's yeah, still, like yeah. A night and day difference. Yeah, and there's a clear influence there from Pantera. And Pantera sure. really paved the way for, um, a, I guess, a quicker metal, like not, not such so an elongated song. It was songs. like rash, but it was aggressive, more, yeah, heavier. I yeah. think Pantera quintal- quintessentially sums up Southern metal. Yeah, yeah that's good. Sludgy. Yeah, yeah sludge. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Cool. Nice. Well, nice job, great guys. Course, gentlemen. Yeah. Right, let's see. Let's see if we can segue with this one. Chancho, when you are a man, sometimes you wear stretchy pants in your room. It's for fun. (laughs) And on that note, let me tell you guys, when you get your jeans, get them from American Eagle because they put this elastic inside the denim and it'll change your life. All right. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, man. I was listening to wait, one story before we uh, leave ACDC. I was listening to ACDC before this uh, this episode, and my middle child, I, I gave him guacamole and, and chips while I was making uh, chicken soup, so just to hold them at bay. And uh, <laughs> he ran out of chips, and he wanted more chips. I was like, yeah, you got more chips. He's like, Dad, check it out. I'm in a hot tub of guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> You, you, you made right it, you on made, point. I'm like, all right, man. You're doing you you right. made your guac from scratch, or no? I like to say I did, but no. This was a this is a uh, store bought one. Some of it's, the store bought ones aren't bad. Oh yeah, this one's good. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, if you make your own, dude, so good. If if you make your own, what are the what are the key players? You gotta have lime. I, I don't know why people leave lime out so much. I don't know why people crap on lime. You have to have fresh cracked pepper as opposed to just already you know ground up pepper so to me i'm a big crack that bad boy lime's got to be in there i like red onion i know a lot of people don't like red onion i think I red onion is, chew it. yeah and red onion yeah. is perfect um if you want to get fancy if i'm feeling kind of eh, i'll put a hard-boiled egg in there but Ooh, mm, interesting yeah, try it oh, out changing the game yeah but for the most part it's got to have lime lines lines to me is like it's like Dude. it's must. It's like you said about bitters with old fashions. What's an old fashioned without bitters, right? So it's like that's just a glass of without fresh cracked pepper and lime. I'm like, I don't want this, and I I will not eat it. <laughs> so here's here's a question for you: Do you ever put you put just lime juice or do you put lime zest? Oh yeah, lime zest. I mean, if I'm in a rush, and I'm just making something, then I'll then I'll squeeze it. But because at least I have the essence. 
but yeah, zest, dude, all the way. When I oh, cook, yeah. zest all the way. And I'll use the juice too, but that's where the flavor is, man. Oh. So it's it's a weird thing. Like guacamole is a huge thing in Arizona. And uh, the first time we got it at a restaurant, I'll never forget this. This is like going back like two or three years at this point, the first time we were out here and we got guacamole at like a Mexican place out here. There are pomegranate seeds in the guacamole. Really? And I didn't know what to think about that. I just, I didn't say anything. I just wrote it off as just something this place did. But a lot of places do it. It's a thing. And uh, it's a game changer. You like it? I, like, if I'm in the mood for it, holy crap. Like, it it makes. You never even heard of that. That's amazing. It it makes, it's a a big Southwest thing. But it makes such a difference to your guac that if you have it, like, with the lime and the lime zest, and then you put pomegranate seeds in it, you 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 are not the same person you were when you went into that. Now, pomegranate tea is the flavor. I can see the flavor, the sweetness going with like the salty and everything. That that sounds incredible. But the the chew of it, you got right. You got to fight that a bit. You you get through it. It's it's yeah. only a little weird at first bite, and and then it's just like wow, I, I didn't realize what I was missing this whole time. Yeah, I gotta try that. Wow, yeah, it's it worth worth the shot, you know. And if it's not good, send it to me. I'll eat the rest of it. Put it with dry ice. What'd you say? Can you grow avocados in your tropical climate or no? I uh, I really would like to grow avocados. I really want to grow in my backyard a lime tree and an orange tree. That way I have constant source of guacamole supplies and old-fashioned supplies right next to it. There you go. <laughs> I think that's perfect. So then all I got to do is go in the backyard. There's no old-fashioned old tree and that's my guac tree. <laughs> you nailed it. And right in between, I'll plant the avocados. All good. Oh, gonna get God. a small agave. I'll make my own tequila. Nice. I'm just winning across the board. <laughs> Very cool. Nice, Charlie Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> Except, never, I'm not even gonna say that out loud. So, what else are we talking about today, guys? Well, you need to mingle with these laid-back country folk, don't it? I already did that. Yeah, you did do that. Anyways, I was wondering if you would like to join me in my quarters this night for some toast. That's an odd Sedway. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest with you. That's Not an odd Sedway. I meant to hit, but we're just gonna roll with it. <laughs> so, uh, topic A. So yeah, I mean, with time constraints, which way you want to go? Let's start with crate digging, man. I mean, I don't yeah. know if people know that terminology. So to kind of take it back, so crate digging, you'll see it in like the hashtags I use. I'll say "Welcome Crate Diggers." Um, crate digging you know, records are held in, you know crates they're big square chunky things um so when you go to like thrift shops or record stores they're always in crates and you yeah crates you just like thumbing through them um me and rob and james used to go record hopping find stores and just kind of like bar hopping but record hopping so we kind of want to talk about that and just taking it back to some of those uh those old record stores and journeys that we had and i brought some uh albums that have been some some special ones i found you know that's a that's a beauty so like when you when you had stores like Tower Records, The Wiz, or Nate, fill in the blank of, of, of Sam you know, Goody. Yeah, Sam Goody, whatever it was, right? Uh, pick a disc, um, pick disc. Um, wall. Yeah, the wall. Like Oof. you had your standards, but like when you go to a place that's like a like a mom and pop shop or a thrift shop, like and you're thumbing through these crates, like it's any man's or any girl's game. Like you you don't know what you're gonna get. It's not. It's always fully stocked. Like yeah, we definitely have that Aussie rare album. No, it's like it's. It's literally finding the diamond in the rough. So you get, it's exciting, the thrill of it, the smell of it. And you're like, oh, what? Yes. You know, right. and if you're your friends and one of your friends got something for you, you're like, all right, that's cool. That's cool. Hope he puts that down. And as soon as you do, you swoop in like a goddamn vulture. Like, <laughs> I remember one time I we went to Jersey 
And I was just eyeballing your stack. I'm like, he's not, he didn't have all the money for that shit. He's going to put something back. And sure enough, he did. But you sneaky bastard, you put it away without me seeing. And then we got to the car. I'm like, where's the, uh, where's that, where's that, that first person that moans up? Um, I put it back. It's like, damn it. <laughs> no, no, Rob, no. <laughs> Is that the lucky charm sign? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, lucky charms. <laughs> you know, it was it was such a special experience. You know, this is before I mean eBay was around, but that's no fun. Like digging, like on your hands and knees digging, flipping treasure hunting. It's that's what it felt like. And even like I remember my first time going out to um Amoeba Records was a they had three stores on, in California. And that they had new records there and CDs and all sorts of stuff. But on the bottom row below every, you know, all like the new stuff, they had like the dollar records, but they yeah. would hide in there like super rare stuff. So you yeah. still had the uh, incentive to dig. And that was just the coolest thing. I remember at Tapeville, you know, one of us, right, found, uh, you know, Dark Side of the Moon with the posters and the stickers. But then another one of us is being a little bit of a girl. I was like, I want that one. And then, uh, you know, some one of us got that one. Yeah. But, yeah, time. it came with the poster. Yeah, that's, that's what's cool it. too. It's that's what's great about going to used thrift shops and things like that. Is like you'll find them; they're a bit ding, ding, dinged up and everything. But like, it's a first, first edition, right? It's a first pressing, so the sound is awesome. It's not been messed with. And if you're really lucky and someone took care of it, that's that's a huge score. But if they were really awesome lovers of music, then they kept the the lyric sheet with it. If it came with one, they kept like uh, like some some of them came with stickers or posters and. It's just killer. It's exciting. It's, you know, and it's big. So, I mean, these records are big. So, like, the books are bigger than the book I flashed at the beginning for, you know, for a CD. It's still enticing, but it's not like a record where it's just like, ah, yeah. And, like, just the the tangibleness of it. Like, yeah, CDs are cool, but the plastic and the it just, this feels very organic to me, like an old book, you know? It smells yeah. like an old book, the paper, the cardboard. And, like, but Brian and I are both the oldest of our siblings. You had an older sister, James. So I imagine she had a record collection or a tape collection, probably. Um, not so much. Yeah, she loses it, but it's okay. Not so much, but like, uh, I, I never got into vinyl the way you guys did, but yeah. I have a very distinct memory of Tapeville and hunting through CDs when they still came in cardboard. Yes. Um, yes. And that's that's probably my greatest experience with it because you still actually get a little bit of what Rob's talking about, like the odor that they that they carry with them because it's still a piece of cardboard that's been printed on. And um, a part of me always thought like, you know, I, I would watch my sister. I have a very good memory of her opening up the uh, the box for Master of Puppets and uh, like tearing it to pieces and throwing it out. And I'm like, you know, you, how old was I at the time, like 11 years old? thinking to myself, you know, like my mom force fed me this whole thought that you never throw anything away that might be a collectible at some point. And I could think to myself, oh, maybe you shouldn't do that. And I could only imagine <laughs> that nowadays, if you had that intact, it might actually be like somewhat of a collectible Definitely. Um, to have that like original cardboard sleeve for the CD, even though it's not the same as vinyl. It won't be, no, won't ever carry cool. the same weight as vinyl, but it's still something that's just uh, exceedingly uncommon. I agree. I well, think... I've been redoing, uh, getting because it's just not feasible. I'm not going to get a shelving system for my CDs anymore. Like, it's, so I've been putting them in a in like a CD case. Um, and I was going through some of the old plastics, and some of my oldest CDs have like the, um, you know, it's like I don't know what it's called. It's like a security bar. It was like this holographic, silvery, crappy the dog dog bone. Yeah, the dog bone that would <laughs> never come off. It would leave this stickiness to it, and you would always collect hair and lint. Do you remember? Like, you don't see that on CDs anymore. 
No. Well, you know, CCD is period. So. I, uh, I used to, when, when I was adamant about keeping my cases and everything, and they always had that stupid freaking dog bone thing on them, I, uh, I learned the trick, man. Isopropyl alcohol gets that crap right off. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. And I would just wipe down my cases. It would leave a nice dull spot on the case wherever you put the alcohol, but it got the <laughs> sticky crap off. Um, oh, man. But yeah. Yeah, Amoeba. I remember, Rob, you came back from Amoeba and you had, you had gotten me some stuff. And one of the things you had in your, your bedroom was um, it's like their newsletter. I don't know if they had like a quarterly, quarterly or monthly newsletter where they put mm-hmm. together this like little pamphlet, this book. And it was filled with like art from like the different employees and stuff like that. And there was this great cartoon kind of reminiscent of, you know, like uh, the Simpsons type art. And it was this monkey hanging from a tail from a tree branch and just eating a record <laughs> and i just it stuck with me because i mean monkeys are awesome and i love music in fact it was eating music you know and now it, yeah now it's permanently stuck on me i was like well we're gonna we're gonna ink this on my chest so that's my <laughs> uh, chest is too easy let's do the side of the rib drive and the monkey yeah it's a side side yeah it's a killer uh, spot so i don't have any uh I, I don't own any vinyl it was it was never a part of my uh my collection but uh in the process of like looking through things I did find the last CD that I purchased in a store, um, oh, and that was actually a Bjork album, and it was uh, Volta. Ah. So it's, it's kind of like it just seems semi pertinent, you know? Like it does have everything that comes with 100% it. Hundred percent pertinent. Yeah, yeah. It has like the book that goes in it, and I mean, even this, like, it's not vinyl, but the art is quite pretty. Um, yeah, the packaging is cool. The way that opens up like that. Just and like, yeah, I've never really seen that. Uh, a little icon on on your phone or on your your desktop like that's something special it's something yeah. you can hold something you can look through and like you were saying before about ebay like you can find stuff on ebay but you can't touch ebay right and i think that's the, the like what we all talk about and what we all have this like incredible nostalgia for is that it's the hunt and it's like the intimacy of like flipping oh. through and touching each piece and trying to find that special piece yeah, I and think, I mean, now vinyl is pretty popular, so you can go to Target or certain stores and you'll see it. But like, Bed Bath and Beyond, get out yeah. of here, really? Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah, so I mean, you, you can find it. It's fun because like I brought some stuff that I had that are like just rare. So like you'll find things like forty fives. Like I found like the cramps on forty five. Um, this is a, the one at that place in Jersey is a split. So you get a lot of splits that are on forty fives or ten inches, where it's like uh, the bled and the Lexus on fire. Um, or you find like weird bootleggy things like this, where it's like the Misfits, Spook City, USA. So like weird stuff like that, um, or just you know random bands like from from grunge eras like Skinyard. But then you'll find like just things that aren't in circulation as much, like the Labyrinth. Come on, like, that's awesome. That's a good one, right? This is one of my other favorites. I found this in New York City. Ooh, very nice. Yeah. So this has got the Quake soundtrack on here. It's got uh, Dead Souls suck. It's like a which a mix. It's got was it Generation Records or something on like Sullivan Street, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's odd is this is through Island Nothing and TVT, so you can. But no Halo, it. right? No Halo. Nope. That was gonna be my next question. What Halo? I imagine that's very valuable. Yeah, I don't see it very often. Or you'll find weird things like that, like albums that were recorded live and they pressed a pressing of like you know Ozzy Osbourne live, and it's like oh cool. So it's like. Cool things exactly. One of my uh, playing guitar is fine. Is that a Gillis? Uh, Brad Gillis? Gillis yeah. Brad? Yeah, Brad Gillis. And you yeah. had uh, Rudy Sarzo on bass, and then drums was Tony Aldridge. Um, but like so you have right things after, like uh, right after Randy died, before Jake yeah. comes in. Yeah, yeah, it's still killer. It's it's great album. I remember learning about bootlegs on vinyl, and that's what made me really dive really deep into like crate digging. It was a friend of the family 
I was getting into Led Zeppelin. He's like, uh, have you gotten to, you know, the fourth album yet with Stairway? I was like, no, not yet. And he's like, are you familiar with Stairway, though? I'm like, I am. He's like, well, they used to play live every once in a while, Stairway to um, Gilligan's Island as like a joke. And he's like, if you find it on vinyl, someone press it as a bootleg. He's like, it's out there. You can find it. I was like, get the hell out of here. So I don't know if that was ever just like an urban legend, but like that, the idea that someone could press something on vinyl that was a bootleg, like you were getting on CDs because we grew up with CDs on um, with bootlegs. I was like, whoa, that was a game changer for me. So that's when I would like seek out weird stuff like that. And I still believe that there is so many um you know there's like nugs or another thing i can't recall right now but places where all these bootlegs now exist in a digital forum and you can just listen to all this digital music uh bootlegs like the entire every grateful dead show every pearl jam show every fish show whatever yeah. but there's stuff that i think is on vinyl that's just not out there i have a dark side of the moon that i looked it up it's super rare and it was like before the record came out they were testing out some of the material and someone pressed it to vinyl and just put them out there and it's like whoa yeah like that's not out there in the same capacity to listen to it. And, and James, I know you're not a vinyl guy, but you're an audio guy and you're a fidelity guy. Mm-hmm. So I think if you had like a, 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 what's a Macintosh or um, what's this other company, Marantz, they make this high end tube, you know, equipment and then run the vinyl through there with some six speakers. Yeah. You can't on even running through that with the warmth of it. Ooh, yeah, through like a, a tube power amp with headphones yeah. is probably yeah. insane. And but you go on reverb, there's a whole section of these vintage used pieces of high fidelity audio equipment. I so probably have some at my house in Rockland. You may and that's where I was going. That's that's why I keep telling you if you ever want to head over there, you're more than welcome to. You could probably find a gold mine, quite literally. No, I can't take anything until you approve it in person. Well, someone asked earlier about headphones or uh, speakers. I used to have big, tall cabinet speakers, like half my height. I, I gave them somebody. I, I wish I could just. Again, stuff like that's super valuable too. Yeah, it was from the 70s. The sound on that thing was unmatched. And I've bought you know cabinet speakers since then. I have surround systems. Nothing beats those two giant cabinets. And I would just sit there and I'd hook up my light box, turn out the lights, throw on some incense. Man, great from 1972. Oh, god, it was fantastic. I miss those damn things. I wish I still had them. It's one thing I gave away that I wish I didn't. And I was like, ah, it's been a couple. And something, something I think that's good to, to reinforce people that are just like, look at these guys, like living in the past. In the scheme of things, if you if you go into a store that has tons of vinyl or that has crates full of music and things like that, you can go into those places and find inspiration. Yeah. Um, if you're yes. on eBay or if you're online and you're looking for something, you have to know what you're looking for. If you're in one of these places, you could be flipping, 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 have no interest in the band whatsoever, but the cover is interesting and that catches your eye. And just the cover alone might be inspiring enough for you to spend the five bucks or whatever it is to just be like, eh, it's five bucks. Who cares? And yeah. then maybe you find a complete, a, a whole new avenue to find something completely different. And honestly, like it it gives you the opportunity, especially with used stuff, you know, in the thrift store or something like I was someplace in Jersey one time, like literally a thrift store, like not a record store in any capacity. And I got like the entire Genesis Peter Gabriel catalog for like a dollar, a dollar for every one of those records. And I I don't even know what it was. I saw the cover on one of them. Like, what the hell is this? And then I realized I was like, wow. And uh, you're right. Inspiration. You know, I, I saw this follow me for a sec we drive uh, every saturday to go get uh, some breakfast in some place and it kind of goes through the country a bit and sam saw a chimney coming out in the woods 
and then there's a collapsed house around it. Mm. And uh, we were driving, it was around Christmas time. I was like, wow, like people live there. Someone, someone had Christmas morning there. And now look at it. It's, it's a shell of what it was. Well, these used records that you can get for a nickel, a dollar, $10, whatever. Somebody threw that on a turntable and heard it for the first time when it came out. Yeah. Someone heard that and said, wow, I like ACDC and that's who I am. I'm going to wear a jean jacket and a chain and studded like people's identities were formed around these classic pieces of vinyl. And, and now you get to, you know, it's like a second life, a third life, a fourth life. There's, there's energy in there. There's vibes oh, in there. Yeah. Something spiritual connected to this, you know, it's just a needle cut something in a piece you know, and it wax. And then there it is. It's really cool. I think. That's the cool thing about those old records too, is you're getting somebody's old stuff. Like you said, there is inspiration. There. Like a lot of them have like pencil or pen on them. Someone's written things yeah. on it, you know? And it's like, there's a story there. Like you don't know the whole story and that's intriguing and going crate digging or going, you know, record hopping. It's fun. You get to people watch. You're just quietly sitting there listening <laughs> to other people, like the shenanigans right. going on. It's just cool. Listen to the stories or like you'll be next to someone and like you, you, you'll thumb. I've had this a couple of times. I'm thumbing through something and I'll pass them. The, the dude next to me be like, bro, you may, you may want to check that album out. I'm like, oh, yeah. And then, you start, and then you make a friend or you got a conversation going. And people in music uh, stores, it was always fun. There's this great guy, Dino. I'll never forget him in Nyack and, and Main Street. Like he would, he would just, he just loved people that love music. And I'd be in there all the time. He would just be giving stuff away for free. He's like, well, I'm like, you don't have to do that, man. He's like, you love music. Just take this. It's not, it's not like it's worth it. Just try it. So it's like, and then I used to love going to find like crappy records, ones that, artists i didn't care about and they like or if they were artists they care about they were just scratched beyond play like they, they were like a nickel you would get them at like thrift shops but you could repurpose them i used to melt them down and make them into bowls or vases and that's like really I still have that thing, maybe. oh do you right on cool yeah man i think that's like the you know the overarching concept of what we're trying to do here and i think you know now that we kind of mapped out the next few weeks it allowed people to kind of ride this wave with us but yeah. it's this immense appreciation three guys within a handful of years of each other who bonded over music and martial arts and other things that will branch off into as the weeks progress. But it all comes back to this, just talking about music and how it makes us feel. And you guys watching, you know, are so lucky because for so long music just existed in a pretty purely digital format. And now vinyl's back. The vinyl, I mean, if you look, it's just on a way upward trajectory where you can get it when when mom goes to look for a new bath curtain, you know, or rug. You're like, mom, I'm gonna go over to the vinyl section, maybe a Taylor Swift record. Who knows? But like, who cares? Like, it, it's there and it's tangible music, and it's create your own stories. You know, dig in. Yeah, and I think that like talking about stuff like this, whatever it is you love, whether it's sports, uh, music, finding people to talk about with. I've had amazing conversations and you get to know your friends better um, because like you're talking about the music, but then you start dissecting something about it, whether it's the technicality of music, whether it's music itself, the sentiments you're conveying, the lyrics, and then you start learning more about how like your friends think or like what they kind of identify with and what their opinions are. And, and it's okay to have differing opinions. Where did that come from? So it's like, it creates this, this amazing experience that starts with the, the art of somebody else's art. And then you get all these other things like Rob was saying, other people's life and the, first, the scope of like that someone else listens the first time in 1972. And now here I am listening to it in 2010 and this belongs to somebody else. And here's a note for her husband or whoever. This right. Person right. Or, like, it's just first of all, you always see the name. I do that. I, when I listen, I'll just put my finger on like the indentation of the writing of someone writing in a note that this is my, I don't know. It just gives me, I'm like, I'm in their living room or in their basement. I'm like, oh, this is crazy. Time capsule. Yeah, for sure. Why are you being Mariah Carey over here? 
because uh, I don't know for some reason it was pressing against maybe it's the hat and it's pressing it's hurting. So I just I was just trying. Is that Mariah Carey? You're the, you're the, the you're hat. Mariah Carey. The, uh, Brian Johnson hat. Is that was that on purpose there? I don't know because I wore it last week too. So, but he kind of wears a hat like that, you know? He does. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I'm very happy with what happened today. I am too. Yeah, this is good. Yeah. Let's uh, let's see, let's see what we can do. Let's see, let's see what this one does. Let's save our yeah. other topic for uh, next week. This good. is my boomstick. All right. So what do we got? We got Nirvana next week, right? Never mind. Never mind. Yes. Yeah, Nirvana. Now, I'm gonna say something as a little uh -oh. teaser here. I believe that never mind of children who came of age in the 90s, which all mm -hmm. of us did, except for Brian. Um, <laughs> so all of us did in the 90s is when we, you know, reached puberty and such. That was probably one of the most biggest records of that decade. Absolutely. Easily. And I remember when Kurt died, but I don't remember. I don't know. We'll get into that next time because I have a story about that. But yeah, I'm curious to see your guys' take on it. I'm actually excited to listen to it front to back because I, I haven't done that in many years. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, it's going to be a good one, man. Yeah. yeah, it's an iconic album. And I mean iconic not just for the band, I think for music in general, what it did for the culture, the counterculture. Um, yeah, we'll talk, I'll, I'll, yeah, we'll talk about it next week. I don't want to dive into yeah. it. We'll yeah, ahead. I feel like we could really get sidetracked very, very quickly oh, right now. Very easily. Yeah, well, no, let's leave, let's leave them hanging. One or more. So anyone have any plugs or anything cool coming up before we go? I think we should end with a little, like, you know, what's going on in the world? Check this out. Check that out. You got anything you want people to check out? Yes, <laughs> please. Go for it. What do you got, buddy? I got nothing really going on. Kind of just more of the same. Just waiting to get a shot. <laughs> what did you get a shot? What about you, Rob? Um... Don't hurt yourself. Yeah, Actually, I, I do have something, but I guess it's kind of it's it's kind of nothing. Well, it's, it's kind of nothing, kind of something. It's all for me. I, I kind of want to record a uh, a version of the the theme song from the Predator movies. That do 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 do. Yeah. I kind of want to do that with a lot of distorted guitar and a lot of distorted bass and some really really messy synths, and I think that'll be a lot of fun. Nice. So I might try and have that all put together and I can give it to Rob and he can push the button and something will happen. I'll push it by next week. Yeah, I found a site to get really cool uh, button pushing stuff in there. We didn't get to the comic stuff today, so maybe we can do that next week. I had some cool stuff to talk about. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I got some cool um, stuff for that too. I think, you know, it was funny because we were talking last week after the show ended. It was like, you know, next time we talk, to, there'll be a new president. And uh, next time we talk, I, sh I think I'll have my... Uh, my my new guitar, the pretty purple one. Oh, perhaps a quad cortex. I don't know that too. So, uh, what did you say? I missed it. It's okay. It's not it's okay. <laughs> not appropriate. I need my beep button. Bleep bleep. <laughs> um, but yeah. So it's exciting, Brian. You got anything cool? I don't think so. Set your house on fire? No. No, I haven't set my house on fire, so that's good, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't listen to the message where you where you mentioned something. I can only imagine in that message you may have said something about it. I didn't realize that was a, an actual thing. Do you want to oh, tell a story? Dude. Do you want to tell a story real fast before I'll we go? That's yeah. a good way to end. 40, 45 seconds. Go that's for my it. my finest moment. Yeah. So um, we moved into this house, and we've been living here too long, and um, we were taking down an old deck. So it's an old house. My house is 116 years old. It's old. And uh, it's unique, and there's an old deck in the back. So I ripped up the deck, and after we were done with it, put it all in the uh, the shit in the garage, and then uh, 
me, my brother-in-law, and my, and my wife were all outside having a fire pit, just getting silly and uh, just celebrating. Like, yeah, all right, cool. Some some changes, right? And then it rained that night. We all all went our separate ways, passed out. It rained, and then uh, the next morning we we're gonna go out to the store. And I was like, oh, I should clean this up, right? Now, mind you, it rained. It's just a pile of ashes. I not my again two not my finest moments. The way I tested to see if there was anything hot in there is what I did is I stuck my hands in the ashes. I just both my hands like. In all honesty, and the, the if it rained overnight, it yeah. rained overnight. No one's holding that against you. I don't think. Right. So I didn't get burned. So I just dumped it. Now I have a metal garbage can, but it was all the way across the other yard. The plastic one was right where I was going. So I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. So I threw it in. I threw it in there. And then we, the whole family got in the car, we drove to the store and then we're driving back. It's a summer day. It's beautiful. I got the windows down. And I was like, man, someone's, someone's got a fire. It's a good fire smell, right? Mind you, I don't know. It's my house on fire, but it's probably like a great fire. <laughs> Little do I know there was like the tiniest of ember in there, threw it in a garbage can. Who knew what accelerant was in there? Lit it up. I had the garbage can by the electrical, uh, you know, where the electrical comes out of the house. So I, I lit the whole house. Thankfully, the house is uh, aluminum siding. So it's old school. So that's what saved it. Um, and yeah, I burnt the whole I burnt the whole side. It was all exterior. It never got inside. So when we got the house, there's a western window, but they had covered it up. And when I renovated that room, I found out there was a window. I was like, oh, Christy, we should totally splurge and put a, you know, fix this window. I get western sun. It'd be great. She's like, not in the budget. Don't do it. I'm like, okay. Thankfully, I listened to her because the, the fire, <laughs> fire inspector was like, bro, if that was a real window, it would have exploded in and game set match your house. It's like, cool. <laughs> so yeah, set fire. That's that's crazy. Vehicle, but I got new updated uh, electrical box out of it. So not my finest moment it was displaced for about a month. <laughs> it's good times, man. Well, you're not gonna have to replace the panel anytime soon. So there's something. Yeah, nah, definitely. So yeah, not my finest moment. Yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't hold it against you. I might very well have done the same damn thing. You know, like the only thing that I might have done differently is I probably wouldn't even if it had rained, I wouldn't have take I wouldn't have had the peace of mind to take a hose and like and saturate it completely. You put your I would have said it rained last night. I put my hands in like I'm telling you, it was like the scene in kickboxing where they get the glass on their gloves. Like I was like, yeah, yeah. like no amber, nothing. And I was like, eh, okay, well, wow. It's not like it's something rekindle it in the garbage. Who knows what I threw out? I mean, I've been doing a bunch of renovation work. I probably threw something out I shouldn't have. You know, maybe like an old paint can. I don't know. So, you know, two, Crazy. two X's against me, right? Should be throwing that crap out. <laughs> I, off today. I wouldn't hold it against you. That's that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Good times. <laughs> it happens, man. I don't it think happens to happen. all of us. But yeah. Like comics. <laughs> yeah, comics, right? Yeah. Still working on that phone booth. That's the only other new thing going on. Still kind of working on the glass etching. Cool. You should post a uh, an update on the on the Facebook page, which you all should be following. Which I assume you're watching us there. Let's see who's watching us where. All right, one on Facebook and then three on YouTube. Thank you for joining us, everyone, yeah. so very much. We'll see you next week for Nirvana. Other cool things. Thank you, Dylan and Dylan and Jeremy and yeah, Jeremy. What record store in New York City, buddy? If you're still on, I'm curious. It's a bunch. It's a gang of record stores in New York City. I don't know how many are left, unfortunately, after this COVID. COVID. <laughs> yeah. This is Carolyn Massa. Thank you. Who's that? Your cousin, Brian? Yes, my cousin, Carolyn. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. All right. So until next time. <laughs>